The Gospel According to Mark. Leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying, however, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve disciples over to him and said, Whoever wants to be first must take the last place and be servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you believe it? The TV show Survivor is in its 40th season. Although it's only been on TV for 21 years, they do two seasons every year. But even that makes it one of the top five longest-running TV shows in history. And it may also be hard to believe that I remember how exciting that first season was. I remember how we would make sure that our VCR, remember them, VCR? We would make sure our VCR was programmed so that we could record it if we weren't there to see it live. And one of the reasons we were so excited about Survivor's first season is that one of the contestants was from Greensboro, and we lived in Greensboro at the time. Richard Hatch was his name, and he prided himself in being one of the villains on the island. He said, I'm not here to be anybody's friend. I'm here to play the game. And play it he did. Plotting, strategizing, conniving with others, all to survive and win. And it worked. He won. And in an interview later on in TV Guide, he said unabashedly that he felt like he was the the best thing since sliced bread. He said uh, proudly, I love me. 
Now, I wonder, is it much of a stretch to say that the idea of survivor is a snapshot of life? I mean, aren't we taught from a very young age how to survive and when? Things like survival of the fittest and look out for number one. Aren't those things shot at us all the time in one fashion or another? Winning isn't the best thing. It's the only thing, according to Vince Lombardi, one of the winningest coaches in the NFL. And winning takes cunning and strategizing and making and breaking alliances. It takes courage. It takes stamina. And many of us play that game really hard. We play it so hard because we want to be able to look back at the end of it all and say, well, at least I survived, and maybe with a little luck, I won. I was able to be a champion. I was a success, after all. So, how does all of that square with what Jesus says to his disciples this morning. He's just told them for the second time that he's not going to survive his time in the world. That he would suffer and die because of what he stood for and what he was teaching. But then he heard them arguing amongst themselves about who was the greatest. Who was going to be top dog? And so he sits them down again and says, you want to be first? Be last. You want to be great? Be a servant. And to illustrate this countercultural life skill, he brings in a, a young child, holds this child in his arms. And we probably have some image of that, and when we would think about that, we would think, oh, isn't that sweet? Jesus holding a little child in his arms. After all, we know Jesus loves the little children. Except what Jesus is doing is quite radical. It's revolutionary. It's countercultural to be sure, because in that day, children were the lowest in society. They were considered property and could be bought and sold freely. They had no standing at all, they had no voice. They were the least. And so what Jesus is doing is completely overturning the disciples' understanding about what it means to be first and great. He says it's about being lowly, about serving. It's not about getting the most. It's about caring for others. It's not about hostility. 
It's about hospitality, welcoming those who are outcast and shunned by the rest of the world. He says, whoever welcomes someone like this child welcomes me. And not just me, but welcomes the one who sent me. I think we can hear echoes of another famous teaching of his that whatever you do to one of the least of my sisters and my brothers, you do to me. And friends, that is still so countercultural, even today. It's so out of step with, with conventional wisdom, with what we are taught all our life. You want to be last? Be first? I mean, you want to be first, be last? Well, if you're last, that's where you're going to end up. You're going to be last. You're going to be a loser. Because if you don't win, you lose. This is such an I love me world that servanthood and lowliness is not given much credit at all. But you see, it's right at this moment, it's right at this point that Jesus invites us to make a decision about our living. Do we want to live by conventional wisdom? By the world's way of thinking about success? and fame, and greatness? Or do we choose to live His way? Jesus is calling us to flip our attitude toward greatness completely upside down and to change how we see things in the world. James also adds his voice to this whole discussion. He's absolutely right when he teaches that there are two kinds of wisdom, two kinds of desires that guide us and shape how we live and relate to one another. There's the wisdom of competition, of jealousy, selfish ambition. And so often that kind of wisdom leads to hostility, lying, he calls it every kind of evil. He says that the conflicts between us are a result of the conflicts within us. The conflict that, that drives us crazy as we try to determine how we're going to live and relate to one another. He says, these conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? Conflicts and hostility is, is the result of our following one kind of wisdom, the one the world teaches us so much. But the other kind of wisdom, God's wisdom, Jesus' kind of wisdom is the one that leads to good deeds and mercy and peacemaking 
question is, which one will we choose? Which wisdom do we live by? Whose wisdom do we trust the most? Following the wisdom and the, the, tr the tr trust of Jesus calls us to look at life from the bottom up instead of the top down. And in order to get us to do that, Jesus uses an illustration, a child. He said, do you want to see God? Do you, are you curious about what God understands about greatness? Then welcome a child. And we all know, don't we, that always and everywhere, Children are completely dependent on those who are bigger and older and stronger than they are. Children are vulnerable. And so Jesus shocks us by pointing to this lack of power, to this vulnerability as a portrait of God. Welcome the child. Welcome, God. We just sang, You are Lord of creation and Lord of my life. And that's usually the way we think about God. Jesus says, You want to welcome God? Welcome a vulnerable child. And later on today, we are going to welcome two children into God's family through the waters of baptism. We are going to welcome them into a teaching that says life is not about being on top at all costs. We're going to help them understand that God, the Lord of the universe, the king of creation came into life just the way they did and the way we did as a helpless human baby. And what's more, Jesus showed us God's complete vulnerability by loving us to death giving His life so that we could see and understand the depth of His love for us. Greatness comes by serving, by giving our life as He did, by welcoming others the way we have been welcomed. And we begin to live out this new resurrection life that Jesus gives to us whenever we sacrifice our life as well. And it can make all the difference in the world when we do. Author Kayam Potok wanted to be a writer from a very early age. And when he was getting ready to go out or go off to college, 
his mother took him aside and said, Chaim, I've got a better idea. I know you want to be a writer, but I've got a better idea. Why don't you be a brain surgeon? You'll keep a lot of people from dying and you'll make a lot of money. And Chaim said, no, Mama, I want to be a writer. When he came home from college to, to vacation at home, the same conversation happened again. Chaim, I, I know you want to be a writer, but listen to your mama. Be a brain surgeon. You'll save a lot of people from dying, and you'll make a lot of money. And over and over again, each time he would come home, that same kind of conversation would take place until finally, at the end of his second year of college, an explosion occurred. His mother burst out. You are wasting your time. You are wasting your life. Be a brain surgeon. You will keep a lot of people from dying and you'll make a lot of money. And Potok exploded back. Mama, I don't want to keep people from dying. I want to show them how to live. Jesus doesn't want us. He doesn't want to just keep us and die. He wants to show us how to live. He doesn't want us just to survive. He wants us to thrive. We thrive, he says, when we serve. We win when we put others first. Winners bear a cross before they wear a crown. Winners say, I love you before they say, I love me. It all comes down to how we choose to define greatness. And the choice is ours to make. We can live on the world's terms or on Jesus. Which will it be? Thriving or merely surviving? In Jesus' name.